okay, just a few of us then. But you can also pay your tithes from the app. So please download it if you can. It's a really good app. You get notification, you get prayers, you get all those things. It's a good way to communicate, amen. If you can have Facebook, you can also download the app, amen. Okay, four of you. But please check into that. Get with my wife and she will show you. Don't, do not ask me because I do not know anything about it. I'm probably butchering it now talking about the app. But please get with her and she will tell you how to work it. But also another thing I wanted to tell you is Miss Thelma Simeon passed away. Probably a lot of you maybe didn't know her here, but Sister Thelma was a member of this church for years and years and years. She used to sit over in here kind of where Brother Joe's at. Uh, she sat there just about every service, but... Uh, she hasn't been able to come to services physically because of her health for about the past three or four years or so, but she continued to be faithful to this church, amen? She continued to pay her tithes. She continued to hear about the church. My wife would send her a bulletin almost every week. In fact, one of the last times I spoke to her was when she was brought to a service here about three or four months ago, and she told me out of her own lips, she said, I look at the clock, at my house every Sunday morning, and I can tell exactly what y'all are doing at the church. This is about the time y'all would start singing. This is about the time you would stop singing. This is about the time that the word would come forth. This is about the time, amen, for church. And she told me that she missed that. So please come out and pay your respects to her if you can. The services are going to be all in one day. It's going to be this Tuesday here in the church. Visitation is going to start at 9 for us. It's going to start at 8 for the family. It's going to go from 9 to 12. The service is going to be at 12 o'clock. And then they're going to have a grave site at Red Oak uh, Cemetery. So please also, you ladies, you men, if you can bring a dish or something for the family, please, please do so to help be the hands, the eyes, the ears, the feet, and the very mouthpiece of Jesus Christ. And then please get with Brother Jeb uh, in the back there, and he can help line all that out. As you all know, whenever we have a death, it's hard. Some of the last things that you want to have on your plate is preparing food for the family and things like that. And there's always an enormous amount of people at your home or the home of the deceased gathering together, mourning together. So there's usually a lot of food that is required, and it's a big burden for them to stop and to cook or to go get food. So if we can, amen, let's please love them a bit, this family, and provide for them as we can. Amen? Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Amen. I know he's going to do something great with this word today. Trusting and believing when we pray. Amen. Trusting and believing. Having faith that he is a God that is able. The Bible would tell us about our God being so able. It says, as it is written, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for those that love him. Do you love him today? Come on, do you love him? Let's pray in faith today. Heavenly Father, Lord, we glorify you. Lord, I feel the heaviness of the hearts today. Lord, I feel the baggage. But, Lord, you are the Father of lights, Lord. You are the giver of all good things in whom is no variableness nor no shadow of turning. I believe today, Lord, you can rectify, you can restore, you can uplift, you can push aside, oh, Lord God. Lord, push aside right now in Jesus' name. Everything that hinders, Lord, every roadblock, every obstacle, every negative thought, oh, Lord God, you are light today, Lord. 
and we shall see you in a positive light. Lord, let us run into the arms of the Master this morning, Lord. God, I ask you to just anoint me, O oh Lord God, today as your preacher, as your speaker today. Speak through me, Lord God, clearly, succinctly, O oh Lord God. Allow me, Lord, to be a simplistic communicator today, Lord God, as you lay the word upon my heart, Lord God, by the anointing of your Spirit. Speak through this servant today. And Lord, I would ask, Lord, that you would help us to hear, to receive, and to respond appropriately. Lord, you have called us into this work, Lord, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Lord, let us be rightly, fitly framed together, Lord, in this body today, Lord God. Help us, Lord, to see, Lord, our need for change, which is growing further and deeper in you, Lord God. Let us be able to put down the world and grasp hold unto your loving arms, Lord God. We love you and we thank you for it today. Speak. And we will hear, Lord. We ask all of this, Lord, and much, much more. In the name of Jesus Christ, everyone said amen. Amen. Church, I want to speak to you this morning about the topic of eternal life. But I'll title this message, The Touch of Life. There's many, many touches that you and I receive in this life. In fact, we see one of the last actual actions that our Lord and Savior is actually doing. He is actually washing the feet of the disciples. And many people have asked many times, well, why would he wash the feet of the disciples? I want to tell you the reason that he washed the feet of the disciples is that he was teaching them, he was showing them, you must allow everything that walks upon the filth of this earth, everywhere that your feet tread, everywhere that you're going, there's nothing but filth, there's a lot of evil, there's a lot of darkness, there's a lot of disease, there's a lot of infection, there's a lot of all these things out there in this world. There's a lot of things that can hinder your health, and not just your physical health, but your spiritual health. And you must come to the place where you literally sit down quite often and say, Okay, Lord, I've been walking in quite a lot of filth. Lord, I need you to wash me. I need you to cleanse me. And so our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ began to wash the feet of the disciples. We also must be washed. We must be cleansed. I want to tell you today, talking about the touch of life, we have been called unto life, but you and I cannot continue to go back unto the things of death. I want to tell you, it's a vicious cycle that we keep going back, going back, going back into the things of death. It's like a cycle that's caught up. Death may not be around us at this moment, but I want to tell you, it's just another day, it's another time, it's another season until death is going to come back around. But I want to tell you today, there is a man, hallelujah, the man, Christ Jesus who can break that cycle today, do you believe that? He can break that cycle of us continuing to go back and forth unto death, unto life. And it is only through the touch of the Savior that that cycle can be broken. Turn them in your Bibles this morning to the Gospel of Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7. We'll be starting off at verse 11. Verse 11. did not bring your Bibles today or you don't have them on your phone, brother will place them on the screen for us to see this morning. The 
Gospel of Luke chapter 7 and starting off at verse 11. And it came to pass the day after that he went into a city called Nain. And many of his disciples went with him and much people. Now when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And much people of the city was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her, and said unto her, Weep not. And he came and touched the buyer, and they that bare him stood still. And he said, Young man, I say unto thee, Arise. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak. And he delivered him to his mother. And there came a fear on all, and they glorified God, saying that a great prophet is risen up among us, and that God has visited his people, my Lord. And this rumor of him went forth throughout all Judea and throughout all the region round about. So this was not something that was totally uncommon. In fact, in fact we see the Lord resurrecting many individuals. We see him bringing Lazarus back to life. We see Taliath. We see all these different situations where he is the Lord, amen, of death and life. And when they come into an encounter with Jesus Christ, he is able to resurrect. He's able to bring the dead back to life. The word resurrection literally means someone who is down, someone who is not able to be rigid, someone who is not able to stand up. It does usually mean to be brought from death unto life, but it would have, the word resurrect really means is someone was limp. They were not rigid. They were not able to stand, and now he has given us resurrection. Amen? You and I, if we have a salvation experience with Jesus Christ this morning, we have been resurrected. We have been dead and buried and placed in the tomb in Jesus Christ, and as he rose again to newness of life, you and I has also risen again to newness of life, amen. We are now walking in the resurrection of life. We don't have to go back into those dead things. We don't have to go back. In fact, there was a follower that came to Jesus Christ, and this is a scripture that bothered me for years, and he basically says this unto the Lord. He says, can I go back and bury my parents? Can I go back and go to the funeral? Can I go back and bury them. And we see the Lord saying, let the dead bury the dead. You follow after me. Now, if we just read that and not truly understand what they're saying there, I always thought that was a bit harsh. I was like, Lord, it's like this man can't even go back and pay his respects unto his parents. He can't even attend the funeral, per se, as we would call it today. But that actually what the Lord was saying to them was this. They would have a cave and they would actually take these bones and they would put them in these caves. They would have hollow points and they would take these bones. And so what this man was actually asking to do is after one year and all the decay had occurred, they would go back and they would take oil and they would put oil all on these bones and they would place them back into the tombs once more and they would do this after one year so what the man was actually saying was can I go back it's been a year and now oil down the bones so that they will last can I go back and Christ would basically tell this man you let the dead bury the dead for you have been called unto life don't you dare go back into dead things once more I want to break that cycle in your life 
Now this man, we don't know how exactly how old he was, but we know this man was brought from death into life. But I want to tell you today, you and I maybe have not experienced the, the physical death yet, but we have experienced the spiritual death if we know him as our personal Lord and Savior, have we not? We have been resurrected. We have been called unto newness of life. And because we have been called unto newness of life, there is a cycle that has already been broken in your life. You don't have to go back into dead things over and over again. You don't have to get caught up in the world. As He has called you unto life, He's called you now unto life everlasting. It's time for us as a church. It's time for us as a body. It's time for us as a people to stop going back into the world and begin to walk in the things after Jesus Christ. Amen. I want to tell you, church, there's coming a day, there's coming a moment, there's coming an hour, there's coming a time when he's going to separate out the sheep and he's going to separate us. And he's going to stand upon that Mount of Olives. Amen. He's going to call us home. And then at that moment, when the trump sounds, I want to tell you, it's going to be too late if we have not already begun to walk after the things of life away from death. The Word of God tells us that He came to this city of name. And when He comes to this city, I want you to know there's something very particular about where the Lord intercepts or encounters these people. It tells us that there was a man who had passed away. This was a funeral procession, as we would call this. Now, in this day and time, an interesting thing to note is they didn't actually have cemeteries inside of the cities. The cities were where people lived. The cities were where people dwelt. The cities were where people continued on with life. They would only put their cemeteries outside of the city gates, outside of the city walls. No matter how large those cities were, there were no cemeteries inside of the cities at that time. So actually where the Lord encounters them is the place right in between. The Bible tells us in verse 12 here, it says, Now when he came near or nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out. There was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and much people of the city was with her. So we see the Lord coming up at a very peculiar and exact time. We see these people caught up in this cycle or where there is death in their very midst, and now they are having to carry death outside of life. Now follow me with the spiritual this morning. I know it's the physical, it's the natural, but follow me with the spiritual. There was only life that could occur in this city. There was only life that could be sustained there. And whenever death would happen, they would have to take that death outside of the city and they would have to take it to a place, a cemetery outside of the city and they would have to bury it in that place. And then they would make the choice to either stay in that place or they would go back unto the city to where there's life. But what we see here is a vicious cycle caught up that there's death, there's dead works, there's works of the flesh, there's all these things that bring death. The Bible tells us for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. And the Lord comes up at just the opportune time, just the exact moment where they are caught between life and they are caught between death. 
And I want to tell you, they could have done many things at that point. They could have just kept going. They could have said, don't touch me. Don't come any closer to me. I don't care who you are. I'm in a place of mourning. I'm in a place of chaos. I don't want to hear it right now. I certainly don't want to receive it right now. You know what? Maybe tomorrow you can come talk to me. But right now, I want to mourn. Right now, I want to suffer my loss. Right now, I want to continue in this place I'm in. I just can't hear your words that you want to speak to me right now, Jesus. And I certainly don't want to experience your touch right now. I'm not in a place to receive, but I want to tell you, those people did not make that choice. The choice they made was to stop and to allow the Lord to touch them. And it wasn't just any old touch that was administered. It wasn't just any old touch that was given. It was the touch of life. I don't care what kind of cycle you're in. Come on, sometimes you, you're faithfully attending church. Sometimes you're running with the Lord. Sometimes you're here. It feels like you're up on the mountain. And then you're gone for three or four months. Come on, I'm not getting on you today. We're all falling to that. But we get caught up in this vicious cycle, and it's usually because we go from life back into dead things. Before you got saved, all your works were dead works. Did you know that? There was no power, there was no life, there was no goodness, there was no faith, there was no future, there was no expectation. It was dead works. The Bible tells us that we're dead men walking. But when we come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, the dead man is dead and buried, and we rise again to newness of life. Jesus Christ already broke the cycle how many of you know him as your personal Lord and Savior today? If you're saved today, Christ lives in you. Christ lives through you. You are a vessel of the Most High. It tells us that Jesus walked right up into their funeral procession. He interrupted their life and their cycle. Well, how dare the Lord interrupt them? Church, I say to you, how dare He not? Christ died to give us all the glory. Did you know that? I hear people say all the time, well, when I get to heaven, I don't know what He's going to have me. It's going to be a little shack and Whatever he's got for me, it's going to be good. Come on, are you kidding me? My Bible tells me that Jesus Christ said, I'm going away for a moment. I got somewhere I got to go. Where are you going, Lord? I'll tell you where I'm going. I'm going to my Father's house because in my Father's house there's many mansions. And if it was not true, I would not have told you this. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back for you. If it was not true, I would not have told you so. Hallelujah. He don't just own the cows and the hills. Amen. Church, he owns the everlasting sky. Above it all. My Lord, that's the God we serve. He died to give us glory. Come on, He created us to live forever. In fact, when we get these glorified bodies, in fact, our birth, 
to whom God will make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery amongst the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, Brother Cobb. He's saying, I'm going to give you a hope, a patient expectation that one day you're going to be glorified. One day you're going to move from justification, and we're in sanctification right now, to one day you're going to get a glorified body, a body that never gets old, a body that never gets sick, a body that can live forever. Hallelujah. Church, it's going to be wonderful. Amen. He died to give us glory for an eternity. He walks right up into their lives and interrupts the situation. Look at what he does right here in verse 13. There's no doubt, by the way, that this man truly was dead. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said unto her, Weep not, verse 13. Church, did you know that every single time that we see the Lord encounter people, He has compassion on them. Now, you've heard me say this before, but this is very important for us to know and to understand when we read the Word of God. This word, compassion, it's an action word, first and foremost. It does not mean sympathy, and it does not mean empathy. In those different situations, you're able to look upon the need you maybe have a care and concern for their need or you're able to empathize, you're able to put yourself in their shoes or say, I've been there before. But the word compassion is instead an action word to where you're not only able to see the need, you're able to see the hurt, you're able to see the loss, you're able to see all those things. You have enough heart to feel for that situation to where you don't just empathize, you don't just sympathize with the situation you then take action to try and rectify, repair, or restore the situation. Lord, that's good preaching, amen? Ooh, let that register in your spirit. Compassion is an action word. Jesus had compassion on everyone he encountered. How much more should you and I have compassion for those that are hurt, those that are lost, those that are dying, those that are needy, those that are lost, lonely, and afraid. We have light inside of us, amen? I don't have no light that's of my own, but I have the light of the Lord, amen? And I refuse to just hide it up under a bushel, amen? Instead, I'm going to stick it on the candlestick so that all can see, amen? That there is a risen Savior, hallelujah. There's a risen Lord. He comes and he sees her heart that is broken. He sees the vicious cycle that they all are caught in. Death into life. Death into life. They live for a moment and then they encounter death. They encounter those dead works and it leads them back into death, 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 death. And then they come back into life and then they go back into death and they have dead works, death, 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 and they have life, 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 life. It's a vicious cycle going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, but Christ walks right up into the gate, the place that they have life and the place that they are bringing them to death and he stops them right there in the gate and says, today, if you will allow me to touch the situation, I will give you the touch of life. Hallelujah. Verse 14, and he came 
and touched the buyer. And they that bear him, don't miss this, stood still. And he said, young man, I say unto you, arise. Now, what the buyer actually was is very similar to what you and I would call like a wheelbarrow. It was made out of wood, and it was open on the top, but it was set for a body, and they would wrap those bodies in the death cloths, the swaddling clothes like we see our Lord that was wrapped in in the manger. Those were clothes that they would wrap up people's very similar as you and I would understand it, like the mummified cloths. They would put those cloths all over the same type cloths that Lazarus had upon him when he said, Lazarus, come forth from the tomb. So they had this body completely wrapped up in these cloths. There was no doubt that the man truly was dead. But the Lord comes right up unto that vessel that is carrying death. And whenever he touches that vessel that is carrying death, because he is the master, he is the Lord of death, hell, and the grave, when he touches the vessel that is carrying death, life comes back, and then where death once reigns. Church, he's no respecter of persons. If he's done it for him, he'll do it for you and I. Amen? He will, he will break that cycle. And he says now unto the young man, Arise. Meaning, you've been laying here in this place of death and allowing sometimes even others to carry you into death. But I'm telling you as an individual now, the Lord of all lords, the King of all kings, I'm commanding you, I'm speaking to you individually, not those around you. Power has now been given unto you over death and those dead works, amen? I'm telling you to get up, to stand up from this place of death. And you can either continue to walk back into that place of death, you can continue to not believe it and go back into that cemetery, or you can go back unto life. Can I get a hand clap of praise to the Lord this morning, my Lord? Mm. Verse 15 says this. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak. Let me ask y'all this morning. How many people have you ever witnessed to in your life? not saying we're all called to the fivefold here. But if you truly have life and you believe you have life, how many people have you told about Jesus Christ and the life which he has given you? I guarantee you if I had a money tree, amen, I would tell people how to go get money off of it. got something far greater than a money tree. Silver and gold have I none, but what I do have I give unto thee freely. In the name of Jesus, he would tell that man, rise up and walk. Get up and walk to the things after Christ. Get up and begin to live your life not as dead men walking. 
cycle you've been in can be broken by Jesus Christ and his touch of life. Let me tell you, if you don't believe it by faith, you're never going to get past that cycle. You're going to struggle with whatever cycle you're struggling in now until you take your last breath. It doesn't matter now if you're 20 or you live to be 105. Whatever cycle you're in now, until you allow the Lord to touch you by faith, only Jesus Christ can break that cycle. It tells us that it is the anointing that breaks the yoke. When it's talking about that yoke right there, it doesn't mean it just broke it and threw it on the floor and someone can pick it up and repair it. No, no, no. It means the yoke of bondage has been destroyed. Mm, thank you, Lord God, for that. It has been destroyed. He who the Son sets free is free. Indeed. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak, and he delivered him to his mother. And there came a fear on all, and they glorified God, saying that a great prophet is risen up among us and that God has visited his people. And this rumor of him went forth throughout all Judea and throughout all the region round about. Church, I don't know exactly what happened to these people, but can we safely say that they probably became believers in Jesus Christ? You know, something interesting to note right here, we don't know a lot about the rest of his family. We know that his mother was a widow that this was her only son, so chances are they may have had some cousins or things like that. But it was the young man that was dead, and it was the young man that was brought back to life. But I guarantee you that his mother, someone in his family, also became a follower of Jesus Christ. You see, if you will allow the Lord to truly break your cycle, and give you the touch of life when those that you're close to those that you love even those in your own family see the touch of the Lord they may also begin to seek the touch of life for themselves well brother Joey I've been praying for my cousins I've been praying for my brothers I've been praying for my siblings I've been praying for my children I've been praying for my grandchildren good continue to pray for them but I want to tell you today if you will allow the touch of life to truly touch you by faith, that may be what they need to see and experience for them to truly get saved and touched. Can I get an amen on that? You ever notice as adults, we don't like to be touched? I remember on the meet and greet, we was going around one time, and we're, we're huggers in this church, by the way, so if you're visiting with us, forgive us, amen. I'm a hugger, I'll just walk up and hug anybody. I don't even think about it. But I remember I put my hands on the back of a sister, and I heard her say to her friend, she said, Oh, my God, someone's touching me. In the meet and greet, which is what we were doing. We were touching one another. Just on her shoulder, she was right here, and I was going to another person. And when she spun around and saw that it was the pastor, boy, did her countenance fall. As adults, you know, a lot of times we don't like to be touched. But we should allow the one who will never leave us nor forsake us, the one who loves us more than anything in this universe, the one who already died for us, the one who came down from heaven 
song go, Brother Billy? He touched me. He touched me. Yeah. Church, we got to allow Jesus Christ to touch us. Amen. And when you do, He will give you the touch of life and He will break. He will break that cycle of going from life unto death, life unto death, life unto death. Oh, over again. I was here two months ago. I was here three months ago. I was here a year ago. I was here five years ago. I was in life. Now I'm back into death. Now I'm back into life. Church, he can break it once and for all. And he is here today to meet you at the gate. If you'll respond unto him. There was a man once who was blind. And they were at Bethsaida. And we see the Lord taking him out and doing something very uncharacteristic. He takes dirt and he spits upon the dirt and he wipes the man's eyes who was blind with that dirt and spit, as we would call it. And I believe that man was caught in between seeing in the spiritual and seeing in the natural. And they asked the man a pertinent question. What do you see? He said, I see men as trees walking. If you and I have been raised to newness of life, the Bible tells us that we are rooted and grounded in Jesus Christ. That means our roots go way deep down. All of our nourishment for life is coming from a deep source. We have been called unto life, not unto death. And we must be, amen, those people as trees walking firmly rooted in the Lord. Can I get an amen of praise this morning? Hallelujah. Hmm. I ask Brother Billy to come back for a few moments this morning. Brother Billy, I, do you know the song, He Touched Me? I want to put you on the spot here. Would you stand with us, please? When God's Word goes forth, the Word tells us that it shall not return void. It shall not return with nothing. God has spoken today unto us. Amen. He's moved in our very midst today. He's brought clarity and instruction to His Word. Did His Word touch you today? I want to give you an opportunity to respond unto it. These altars are simply a meeting place between us and the Lord. That's all they are. A place where we come and we begin to speak unto Him. We begin to cry unto Him. We begin to enter into His presence. Oh, if you need prayer, I'd love to pray with you today. I beg of you, if God spoke to you today, 
If you've been caught up in a cycle, would you come unto him today and allow his loving touch to break it once and for all? Lord, break down those barriers. Break down those bondages. Break down that complacency. Break it down, oh Lord God. Let us stay in life, Lord God. Maybe you don't know Him as your personal Lord and Savior and you heard the good news that Jesus is no respecter of persons. And if you'll ask Him to come into your heart today, He will forgive you of all your sins and trespasses. He will cause the sinful you to die and you can be raised to newness of life in Him today. If you'll just confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you shall be saved. If God spoke to you today about your eternal condition, I don't want you to wait. I don't want you to tarry. I want you to come down here right now as God's conviction moves upon your heart. Oh, would you come? Hallelujah. Come on, don't wait, congregation. Fill these altars of those that desire the touch in Jesus' name.
word surrender. It does mean to give up. It does mean to put down. But the word surrender, the root of it literally means that there are two that is in a battle, there is two that is in a war. And when one surrenders and puts up the white flag, they put down their weapons and they surrender their livelihood unto the other. You and I can walk, we can continue to fight, we can continue to war, we can try and be champions of our own destiny. But God has called us to put down and stop fighting against the Lord and surrender all unto Him. Amen? Give Him some praise this morning. Hallelujah. Church, I hope that the Word edified you. I hope that the Word touched you. I hope that you were built up today in Jesus Christ. I want to ask you to do something. If you think there is bread at Unity Prayer Center, let people know. Invite them to come in with you unto the house of the Lord and to experience the bread of God. Amen. Church, it's not about us here at this church. It's about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Invite someone to come with you to church and to experience the bread of heaven. Don't forget we have services tonight at 6 o'clock. I want to tell you, our own little Doug Dalgo is going to minister tonight. Amen. So please come back out tonight. Also, we got the men's fellowship tomorrow night at 6.30. If you have not attended that yet, please, please come out and join us for the men's fellowship. If you need more details, please see Brother Joe Graham over here. He leads the men's group. And also, we have the Wednesday service at 6.30, and then we have prayer meeting. We won't have prayer meeting because of the funeral this Tuesday. Please get with Brother Jeb if you want to help out. Amen. Brother Cobb, would you close us with prayer this morning?